Welcome to the Arts at the Arms podcast. Arts at the Arms was set up to support and showcase high quality new work by Yorkshire-based creatives. For our first step into the digital world, we are launching our introducing series, focusing on short pieces of art from some of the best of Yorkshire talent, whether it be song, poetry, stand-up or drama. After each piece, we'll be having a brief chat with the artist so you can get to know them a little better. A big thanks to Red Ladder Theatre Company for all their wonderful support. We hope you enjoy listening. For episode five of our introducing series, we're delighted to present Train Journey, written by Margaret Patrick. How do you love? Is this train going to Scunny? Last time I looked, duck. Need some help with those bags? Nah, I've got this far, love. I'll manage. Ta, though. Crikey! You're moving there, then? Looks like it. What have you got in them? Lumps of concrete? My entire life, love. God, this train's shite. Yeah, at least 30 years past its use-by date. You've not been to Scunny for a while, then? Never in my life. Funny that. Just that strangers never use the word scunny. It's like no one ever calls Doncaster Donny until they live here. I say never. Feels like never, but I grew up in scunny. Come far? Ebden Bridge. Down from the wilds, then. For good? I think so. Oh, at last. Train's starting to move. On time, too. At least Scunny's last stop, I won't miss it. It's it to miss whether the conductor tells you anything on these trains, love. They assume you're either local or, well, just psychic, duck. Sit down. You look jiggered. Bloody am. Starving, too. Mind if I eat? Smells a bit. It's fine with me. Making me hungry. Want some? No. Ubi's getting me tea ready as we speak. Oh, lucky you. You got anyone? No one. Never mind, Duck. Someone will come along. Flood's been a nightmare then? No, not for me, but my sisters were flooded though in Fish Lake. River's still high, by all accounts. Yeah. Let's hope we can get over at dawn. You meeting anyone in Scunny? My dad. Nice. Why have we stopped? It's pitch black out there. Are we over at River yet? Not quite. Drivers stop to see if water's over at rails. Here we go. What are you doing pulling alarm? I need to get rid of these bags once and for all in River. Miss Sen and all. No! Stop! Don't jump, love! Sit down, duck. She used to wind me up. We all know people like that. Used to throw things at me. We all do that from time to time. Then she took my new suit and ripped it to bits. Hormones take a woman all over the place, Duck. 
She laughed and thought it were funny. Laughing all over her face. Surely you two can patch things up. <laughs> no, love. I just got rid. For good. The Train Journey by Margaret Patrick. Produced and directed by Cash Arshad. Performed by Sue Mitchell and Keedy Lane. This is an Arts at the Arms production. Hello and welcome to the Arts at the Arms podcast. Today we're doing the final episode of our introducing series with episode five. And I've got Margaret Patrick, the writer of Train Journey with me. Hi, Margaret. Hi. Hi, James. So the point of the Arts at the Arms introducing is to sort of celebrate new work by creatives based in Yorkshire. So I just really wanted to ask you about uh, where you're from and just if you could tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, Yes. Well, um, it's pretty complicated where I'm from. Uh, I was actually born in Germany. Oh, wow. Which was then West Germany. Uh, My father was in the army. So I was kind of a child of the Cold War, I think. Um, but very swiftly moved back to England uh, and spent um, sort of first part of my life in Devon and Dorset. Um, Beautiful part of the world. Absolutely. Lovely. Uh, When my father retired from the army, uh, we moved up to Yorkshire. So that was my first um, trip to Yorkshire. And we we went there because my father's uh, sister was living there and his parents and so that was my first taste of Yorkshire so I've and I've been around the houses ever since I've uh, been up to Newcastle where I went to university uh, down to Aldershot with my first job um, worked in Reading but I've always tried to gravitate back to Yorkshire because Yorkshire is where I feel at home and uh, that was West Yorkshire now I'm in South Yorkshire and it's amazing that it's just very um, very much the same. I still feel at home here. So so that's uh, my background. Oh, that's brilliant. I think it uh, sounds like you've been around a few places, but we keep on drawing you back here in Yorkshire, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Um, so uh, you're the writer of the piece that we'll have just heard, Train Journey. I was just wondering if you'd tell me a little bit about your style as a writer, the sort of things that you're interested in, the sort of things that sort of inspire you and all that sort of jazz, really. Yeah, th- this particular piece was inspired by a train journey, um, a local journey, and it was um, leading up to Christmas in 2018. And I'd taken the afternoon off work to meet a friend for, for lunch, a friend from Leeds, actually, for lunch. And uh, so I got an earlier train back home, uh, and I was just amazed by the number of people on the train and just, just such different characters. And then... Uh, with all the conversations bubbling around, suddenly uh, somebody got on the train and it's one of those old trains where you've got to step up into the train. And this guy got on with, I don't know how many cases, but they were cases, they looked as if they contained lead and this poor <laughs> guy had to yank them onto the train. So when I got, when I finished, I only went two stops on this train, uh, but when I got off and got into my car, I actually immediately recorded a voice memo of that particular journey because it just made such an impression on me. Um, so, And this particular piece um, is around, that was inspired it, uh, but it's also around what was happening at the time in terms of the flooding that had happened in Fish Lake around Doncaster 
And also during the pandemic, the sort of rise in domestic abuse. So that's all sort of come into it. Um, but regarding my, my style, I'm not quite sure I've got a style yet. I'm kind of not new to writing. I've been writing all my life, but this is the first time I've really taken it seriously and trying to get my work out there uh, and, you know, uh, performed, basically. Well, uh, we're very glad that you shared it with us. I like how you're saying how you took inspiration from real life and those journeys where you sort of end up people watching or you see these characters seems like a that fertile ground to find these sort of stories. Um, and I love the sound of you having to record it in a voice note because I think that's great. So often you have a good idea and then you seem to lose it by not writing it down or not doing something. So that's great. Do you typically write for performance or do you write uh, prose as well? Yeah, I've ooh, been writing all my life, but when I was I first started writing when I was about 14 and still at school, and I wrote poetry, basically, and some pieces were published in the school magazine. Uh, and I was inspired partly by David Bowie. He was around at the time and coming to the fore with um, Siggy Stardust. And uh, I was just amazed by his lyrics, and it kind of just, you know, got my head going. But then at school, I got pushed into, despite that, despite being a published writer in the school magazine, I got kind of steered into sciences, which is where they wanted more sort of girls to go, I guess, at that point. Mm. Uh, so the writing kind of fell away, although I have always kept, uh, kept a diary. Uh, I've done some travel writing. I've actually have a website um, where it's kind of a blog. But, uh, yeah, so, so my writing hasn't been for performance, although I did get into amateur dramatics when I worked in Aldershot as part of an amateur dramatics group and tried everything from directing to acting to writing. And that's when I wrote my first play, which is called The Last Train to Hamburg, which is about a woman trying to flee East Berlin at the time. So, so I had to dabble in that, but I've kind of just really dabbled and not, not taken it, you know, anywhere. Oh, I think this is all fascinating stuff. And I think, like you said, that being a child of the Cold War and the East-West divide in Germany at that time, obviously influencing your writing later on. That's really interesting. Uh, you mentioned travel writing. Do you want to sort of, would you tell us a little bit about that? Maybe the, your favourite place that you visited and written about, or both actually, your favourite place you visited and the favourite place to write about, because I can't, Ooh. they might not be the same place, I imagine. <laughs> I think the most challenging place, I mean, one place I do love to go back to again and again is Greece. I've got, I think I've gone to most of the islands. That is lovely. Uh, but I have travelled further afield. And I think the this, this sort of strangest um, journey that I've taken is to North Korea. And that was with um, Explore, a travel company. And there, I think there were only two travel companies that could take tourists in there. And that, and I asked my girlfriends, does anybody want to come with me? You know, and they all say, no, 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 Margaret, don't want to do that. Uh, so I was thinking, oh, you know, why not? And I suppose it's this thing with the Cold War and everything. It's like the last place where you've got this kind of regime going on. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was fascinating, uh, really fascinating at the time. And I've written, I've still got to write a book about it. Um, and unfortunately, all my pictures are on the old film stuff. So I haven't got actual, 
you know, graphics that I can just plug into a book. So I'm going to have to scan them all or do something. But I have written, I have written a draft of that book because it, it was fascinating. That's amazing. I, I love the duality of these places that you're talking about. Obviously, uh, when you were born in sort of West Germany at the time and your play that you've previously written about someone moving from, going from East Berlin to Hamburg. And then I suppose a trip to North Korea isn't something that many people will ever do or even think about doing. And and it's these countries divided and these different views. Yeah. Uh, and, and journeys as well, which is great yeah. as a reoccurring theme. Yeah. So because we took the train, we did actually start off in China on that trip and had a few days in China. Um, and then we took the train from Beijing. It was a long journey into to Pyongyang. Uh, mm. and it, but it it was it still feels surreal. Uh, and all of our stay there, we were we had two minders, basically, who were with us all the time. You couldn't go anywhere out, you know, outside of anything. Uh without them knowing kind of thing and when we got back to china back to beijing we just sort of still feeling that they were they were somewhere there watching us what we were doing so yes i've got to write that book oh wow yeah well i'm looking forward to that'd be a great one to read yeah. that seems a, a glimpse into something that you like yeah that in normal life you would never experience yeah, it was like stepping back in time it really was interesting that's great um so my next question sort of follows on from that is um, what writers influence you or have inspired you? Is there a sort of author that you've always enjoyed or a playwright, or is it someone outside of writing that sort of inspires you? You mentioned Bowie before yeah, and yeah. as a real creative force. I think that's really interesting. So uh, yeah, if you could just let me know some of those people who've influenced your creative practice, that'd be lovely. I can't, I can't say there's any one influence i'd say especially around my poetry i think t.s Eliot, um uh, he figures quite um prominently because i love the style of his writing i don't I always understand what is written but i just like to like four quartets i discovered on a i was working uh one summer in denmark and i just discovered bought it at the um train station or something and it just when I think when you when you're working in another country and you don't hear people speaking your language for me for me to do, to sort of delve into that that book it was sort of keeping my language alive which which was quite nice and there's also uh, Sylvia Plath who was quite prominent at the time that I was writing uh, she she possibly had an influence on my poetry but from writing for theatre I can't. I can't say there's any one playwright that that sort of stands out to me, but I love to see lots of different plays. And and at the moment, now I can't go to see plays. I watch things online, but I also read plays because that's that's quite interesting to do that. Um, but I'd say recently I've read um, this one playwright. She was based in Bradford at the same time that I was living in Halifax. And I've only recently discovered her, and that's Andrea Dunbar. She had a very short life, unfortunately. Uh, but I've joined. She was the writer of Rita Sue and Bob too. That's right. Yes. Yes. And the Arbor, and there's another one. I've got. I've got her uh, book of her place. So I've read that recently, and I think that's what got me into thinking about dialect with Train Journey. I was sort of experimenting 
with that kind of vernacular language because I'm quite fascinated with the different slight differences between West Yorkshire and South Yorkshire in terms of dialect. Um, I think that's one of the things you see in Dunbar's plays, isn't it? There's a real yeah. authenticity in the dialogue, which yeah. is one of the things that people keep on coming back to. Mm. And I'm just trying to say, I've got some books here that I've been looking at. So one one play I read recently was Steph Smith's um, Human Animals, and that kind of unnerved me because that was just prior to lockdown, and and every and, and it's about a play where. Um, people are going into isolation there's um the animals are just sort of getting out of control and people are having to stay locked in and it's kind of you know oh god that is so spooky that is just so like <laughs> what we're going into for another reason but um that that's that was an interesting play in a different completely different style because i think with that she's kind of broken the, the rules as far as playwriting goes, but it's really uh, riveting. Uh, and plays that I've been to see cast, I try I try to see some of the more fringe plays. In fact, I spend most of my time in the second space at cast, not, not in the main space, but I do like to see the classics. So it's a complete mixture. I can't say that there's any more, any things like you know with poetry of T.S. Eliot I can say but there's no one playwright that has, I think has influenced me. Really interesting and just all the different interesting things you places you've been in your life from reading T.S. Eliot on the train in uh, in Denmark it's uh, it's a great glimpse into your life and all the sort of different influences that coalesce inside you. Um, my next question is this project is about supporting Yorkshire creatives and I just wanted to know if there was any groups or people who you'd like to sort of shout out or recommend really. Uh, well I could say that um, in Doncaster I've joined the, um, well CAST is brilliant for supporting uh, writers but they've run lots of workshops as well. We've we've had workshops with Ricky Beadle Blair, uh, Gary Lyons is another local playwright Sheffield playwright Ricky's from London but he's come all the way to Yorkshire to actually talk to um writers here which is really good but I think I think the main focus for me has been script works cast and I've joined that's so that's a writing group I, I really um the first meeting I went to I was, I was kind of sat that I only had an idea in my head uh, and I was sat with other people that had writ written plays. And then I was sat next to a guy, Jeremy Fletcher, who's a Doncaster playwright. And he'd had um, a recent play on at the Fringe Festival um, in Edinburgh. And I kind of thought, whoa, I'm really out of my depth here. And I wasn't going to go back. <laughs> I thought, I've got to do some writing before I go back. Uh, and then a friend of mine persuaded me to go back to the next meeting. And I did. And, a fine, uh, and, and cast enabled us to produce some short pieces uh, and work with professional actors and directors. And once I've produced my first piece, I thought, that's it. I'm going to stay with this now. Uh, but, that, but, but I would say, yeah, a writing group, get into a writing group uh, and work from there. And especially if you can get um, with a theatre who can enable you to actually, you know, do some small productions. I think that that's been really useful. And now I just feel like 
I'm working, you know, constantly working at something. And I've got lots of ideas for different plays already. Some I've just done an outline. Um, whether I'll get to write all these plays, I don't know in my lifetime now. But, wait, but uh, oh, yeah, I'm really, yeah, I think find, find a theatre that can support you, I would, I would say. That sounds like it's an incredibly supportive creative <laughs> network for you and yeah. has really helped with your sort of development. I think it's easy when you walk into a room to have that sort of rush of feeling maybe like that imposter syndrome and sort of be a little bit worried about all of the things that other people have achieved. But I think that, that sounds like they've been great with that. And yeah, like you said, now you're doing it. Now you've got more ideas that you can shake a stick out and you're having your work produced by and by professional directors and actors. And it's really, really exciting. And we're also um, an offshoot of script works uh, several of us have got together it's a brainchild of another script uh, works writer amy hawley uh, and she's put together writing shed um, where we're actually working with student actors so on a rolling basis we're producing five or six pieces um probably about three minutes long and that's sort of keeping our momentum going as well with writing and it's also enabling student actors to actually do something because for the last year they've you know they've, they've not really been able to do very much uh so so that's something else that i'm involved in yeah it must be incredibly difficult for students at this time to have the experience that you were intending to have when you came to university be so different to what you've ended up experiencing and especially in something like drama or theater where it would be so practical and part of it is that sort of sense of ensemble. I think that's a really good thing that you're doing there. Yeah. So not quite my last question, but I'll say a penultimate one. And I think we'll, we'll probably get an idea from what we've already been talking about, one of your answers to this already. But unfortunately, obviously, there's no live events at the moment and pubs, gig venues, theatres are all closed. But when they hopefully reopen, where are you most excited to go back to? What's the sort of theatre or venue that gives you a sort of rush of creativity? I think I think it's got to be cast second space. I've seen so many good things in there. Um, and the last the last uh, performance I saw was uh, Smile Club by the Red Ladder Theatre Company. And that, that was brilliant. And that, uh, yeah, I, I, I just can't describe how many, how many, how much, how many performances I've seen in there that just really give you uh, an, a sort of um, insight into how people, th you know, create, how they go about their craft. Oh, that's brilliant. And uh, Red Ladder, obviously, sponsoring the Arts at the Arms podcast, uh, the introducing series. So thanks again for Red Ladder for both yeah. sponsoring this series and for the work that you create because, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it sort of gives you a glimpse of life and it takes you to different places, which I think is what good theatre and great theatre should do. Um, so the last part of the interview, an uh, interview sounds very formal, doesn't it? I think it's just been nice to hear your stories and, uh, and chat. But we like to ask, is there anything you'd like to promote, any other sort of work um, that you're working on at the moment or any ideas that you've sort of currently developing on so that we can yeah. have a glimpse of what's coming next from yeah you. i've just submitted um a play a sort of a longer play i think it's, it's about 25 minutes 
and it's it's the idea that I took initially to the uh, first Scriptworks meeting that I went to, and I've been working on it. So that was back in November 2017. So I've been working on it. I've written it down. I've revised it. I've gone around in circles, um, but I finally got to an ending that I'm happy with with it. And I'm not quite sure how I'd describe it, but it is based locally on Hatfield Moors, which is my local nature reserve. And alongside the, the site, there's actually Lindholm Prison. So sometimes if someone escapes, there's helicopters flying over Hatfield Moors and all the rest of it, and you just want to go get, go find your car and go. Um, hmm. But it gave me an idea for um, a story where two women, it's actually a women's prison in my play, and they escape from the prison. They've been set up by their respective partners and they've had to go to prison. And it's about that. And they, they're meeting up somewhere on Hatfield Moors and but they get they get um, don't get lost, but they don't quite meet up. And then also I've been working on with Hatfield Moors a project. Um, we built a replica Neolithic track, which were a real Neolithic track, was unearthed there in 2004. So, working with um, another group uh, and some volunteers to actually build a replica of it. So, part of what is in the play is they, they actually go back in time and find themselves in another world. And I won't say any more than that at this point. Wow. No, that's really interesting. I like it. Again, it's that blend of reality and fiction, which seems to be a real fertile ground for you. And I think it sounds from all your work, there's a real sense of place in them. And I think that's what mm. our listeners will have heard when hearing your piece. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's something for everyone to keep an ear out for or an eye out for, hopefully in the future. So last thing from me is just to say thank you for your time and thank you for submitting to Arts at the Arms. Uh, we loved reading all the pieces as part of the introducing series and we're glad that we're able to take your piece and yeah take it from uh, well not the page from the virtual page yeah. and turn it into a reality and we're very glad to have been working with you and thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to you know to have a piece produced that, that's brilliant thank you ah it's our pleasure right, thank you very much margaret thank you That was the fifth and final episode of the first instalment of our introducing series. We just want to say thank you to Dermot Daly, Kassar Shad, Keely Lane, Jeanette Percival, Sue Mitchell, Tate Hartley, Dom Smith and Sarah Undord for their hard work in making the series. Thank you to all the amazing creatives involved and to all who submitted work. Also a big thanks to our sponsors, Red Ladder Theatre Company. And last but definitely not least, thank you for listening. We can't wait to see you in a pub very soon. <laughs>